Israel is not a, they're not born again at this state. They, they haven't received Jesus, so they're worshiping through the law and through the priesthood, okay? It's not as intimate as what we have. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts, God says, are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know, when, when we read this, we kind of get a picture of the separation between God and men. Men are natural. God is supernatural. Men are, men are, we have a spirit, but God is a spirit. God's ways are, are impossible for us to comprehend with our natural mind. His thoughts are impossible to perceive with our natural mind. Now, I want you to get that. Most of the church is trying to understand God with their natural mind. You are a spirit. You have a mind and you live in a body. And God's ways are spiritual. Everybody say spiritual. So, so this morning, we're going to do something several times, and this, this is the first. We're, we're going to be saying something over and over again, and I'm going, to, I'm going to say it the first time, and maybe we can put it up on the screen. Out of reach, in between, flowing through, and connected, okay? Out of reach, in between, flowing through, connected. Let's do that with me, okay, ready? Out of reach, in between, flowing through, connected. Good, you got it. That's the essence of the message this morning, and you'll, you'll see by the end how, how vital this is to you being a born-again Christian who's living above the curse, who is living a victorious, overcoming life. Psalms 22, 1, we hear, we hear a statement from the psalmist. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries and anguish, my God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer, and by night I find no rest. Has anybody ever felt like that? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why, why don't you answer me when I call? Why, why don't I feel your presence? Why are you so far away from me? You go on into the psalm, he says, why are you hiding yourself from me? Well, I want you just to remember this, that this is written by David. This was written by David, a man who was not born of the Spirit, a man who was waiting for that to come, for the promise of the Holy Spirit to come. He was worshiping God from afar. When Jesus came upon a Samaritan woman, and the Samaritan woman said to Jesus, well, hold on now, you Jews say we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem. We say we're supposed to worship here in Samaria. Now, which is true? And Jesus said, hey, you guys worship a God you do not know. In other words, you're worshiping him from afar, but you don't have a life experience with him. He said, in the future, my worshipers won't worship on the mountain. They won't worship in Jerusalem. He said they will worship in what? Come on, somebody. Spirit and 
in truth. So David truly was saying, my God, my God, why are you so far from me? If I love you, if I worship you, why can't I feel you? Why can't I connect with you? Why can't I, why can't I be with you? Why, why don't I feel your presence? Everybody say, feel God's presence. The truth is, God's presence in our lives is spiritual. And we may not sense it with our natural body or emotions. The problem with the born-again, spirit-filled church, those who think that they're being Pentecostal or charismatic, so many times they confuse emotions for God. And your emotions are fickle. Have you ever noticed that it depends on what you ate, how, hard, how, how well you slept, depending on all of these things, your emotions could be very volatile. There could be things going on in our lives physically or mentally and financial, and our emotions go up and down and up and down. And what we think, we translate that wrong, and we say, well, because I don't feel God, he's not here. Well, hold on. The way you feel has nothing to do with God. It's because you stayed up late last night and you're behind on your bills. That's why you feel like you do. It has nothing to do with God being close to you because you are born again. You're connected with God in a very unique and intricate and detailed way. And David wasn't. David was just like the Samaritan. He was worshiping from afar. But there's something that's very, very, David knew God because he talked to God, are you listening to me, through the covenant, the old covenant. The Samaritans didn't worship God that way. So they worshiped a God they didn't know. God reveals himself to us by the word of God, by the scripture, and by the Bible. And I'm going to put this in here because it really needs to be in there. If, if you're not spending time in your Bible every day, you're not growing if you're not spending time in your Bible getting to know all of the facets of God, if you're not investing in the Word of God, then your spirit is hungry. It's malnourished. And you won't have the spiritual strength to, to live above the curse and to live above the sin nature that's in this world. God's Word is the dividing line. Isaiah, Isaiah 55, he said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. So God is, God is listen, for many in the world and for, for us before we came to Christ, God was out of reach. You see that? Now my mama was, she was, uh, she was short and she was not a real skinny woman. She was, she was actually at one time pretty, pretty big. There were some medical issues that she, she dealt with. But my mom was five foot tall, and she was as, at one point in her life, she was as white as she was tall, it, it seemed. And, and my mom, would it, she, 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 was, she was short, so she would go to the cupboard, and on the second shelf, she couldn't reach it. And she'd be reaching, like, reaching, 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 and she couldn't reach now, partially, part of that was because she had to get up close to the cupboard, so she was vertically challenged as well as, or vertically challenged as well as horizontally challenged. And so, you know, as a, as a kid, I would say, oh, mom, and I'd, I'd reach right above my mom, and I'd grab whatever she wanted, and I would give it to her. 
And she never had to ask. I would just, just re, I would just, I'd do it kind of, kind of teasingly, you know, I'd kind of squish her against the cabinet. And I would, I would wear whatever she wanted and I'd put, I'd put it on the, the cabinet for her. See, things were out of reach. God is out of reach. Do you remember when he was out of reach for you? You would try and you would strain and you say, God, where are you? God, why won't you answer me? God, would you reveal yourself to me? But, but there was no answer. And sin controlled your life. Debt controlled your life. Sickness and disease would come and go as it wanted to. There was no living in victory because God was out of reach. Acts chapter 17, verse 26 the Apostle Paul says, from one man God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appropriate times in history and the boundaries of their land. One translation says he decided when they should be in the exact places where they should live. And for some reason we think we choose. And then we ask God to bless it. Maybe we should find out where he wants us to be and when he wants us to be instead of trying to carve out our own route. He says God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him. Though he's not far away from any of us, for listen, for in him we live, we move, and we have our being. In God, we live and we move and we have our being. The Holy Spirit is everywhere, whether you're born again or not. Paul's saying that you could be in the presence of God and not be able to reach him because he's, he's too far for you. There's something, there's some, maybe you're not too short. Maybe there's something between you and the cabinet. Maybe there's something between you and God. Maybe it's something that's in your life, a compulsion, an addiction. I don't know. Maybe there's something that keeps you far from God. He is out of reach. Everybody do this, out of reach. Put your hand up there. I mean, really strain it. Tippy toes, you know. Out of reach. Now, I want to do that again. I want you to reach as far as you can to where you almost feel your, your bone and shoulder pop. Because that's what people are doing in the world. They're reaching for God, but he's out of reach. Isaiah 59, verse 2 says, But your, our iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden, your sins have hidden his face so that he will not hear you. For your hands are stained with blood and your fingers with guilt. Your lips have spoken falsely and your tongue mutters wicked things. Something in between you and God. Now, for the world, that is always between them and God. For the church, it is an act of our will. When we put something in between us and God, we're saying that thing is more important to me than God is. And we make him out of reach because there's something between us. It's already quite a stretch. But when we put something between us, we can't sense his presence spiritually. And then we start going to our emotions and our body and we say, I don't feel God. Well, listen, that's not the way you feel God anyway. Sometimes your physical senses, sometimes your emotions register. But I got to remind you, your emotions and your body will lie to you. 
Besides, you live in a world where Satan can touch your emotions and Satan can touch your body, but Satan can't touch your spirit. Praise the Lord. That's good teaching right there. Isaiah 59, verse 20. This is the answer to our iniquities have separated us from God because God is out of reach. Isaiah 59, 20. The Redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. This is speaking of Jesus, 700 years before he came. Jesus is going to come, and through Jesus we can repent of our sins. Then he will cleanse us of our sins. He will forgive us of two different things, forgive us of our sins, and he will fill us with his spirit. So we will know that he is with us. Yeah, we might feel it emotionally, we might feel it physically, but that's not the way God, God registers spirit to spirit. It's deeper. It's not as fickle. It's not here one minute and then, and then a gust of wind comes by and then it's gone. The, God, the deep calls to deep, the word of God said. God's spirit calls to your spirit. That, that's the intention. Israel didn't have it in the old covenant. We have it in the new because the Redeemer has come out of, come on, out of reach. Come on, do it with me. Out of reach, in between, flowing through, connected. Okay. John 14, 2. Jesus starts to tell us about this. John 14 through 17 is some of the most packed revelation. Uh, Packed, anointed scripture in the Bible, John 14 through 17, because Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm going to the cross, and this is, this is how you're going to thrive. I'm, I'm going to go away, but this is how you're going to live the abundant life I came for you to give. I came to give to you. John 14, 2. Jesus says, My father's house has many rooms. Now, if it weren't so, I wouldn't have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. Don't think of proximity, please. You know the way to the place that I'm going. Now, Thomas said, Lord, we, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Then Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now before this, see, men came to the Father through the priesthood, through the Levitical priesthood and through the law. Jesus is saying, no one will come to the Father except through me because God's out of reach. And Jesus is going to be in between. Here I am. I, I'm reaching for God. He's out of reach. So Jesus takes the place, grabs my hand, and grabs the Father. And he says, I'm in between. I am mediating this. I am in the middle. And I'm not moving. The only person that's going to move is you. He said... Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, if you really know me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Lord, 
Philip said, Lord, Lord, show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. Jesus says, Philip, don't you know me even after I've been among you so, such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you, just listen, I want you to see this. Jesus says, guys, you've been watching the miracles. Don't you believe that I am in the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father? And that the Father is in me? See, the words that I speak, he said, they're not of my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or come on, at least believe because of the evidence of the miracles themselves or the works themselves. Jesus, the Son of God, that's his spiritual being. Jesus, the son of man, being born of a virgin, that's, that's flesh. That's his earthly being. Jesus, God, God incarnate, God in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is God's representation, God's exact representation, it says in Hebrew. He is the image of God. He is God come in the flesh. Why was he the son of God and son of man? So that he could be the son of God and touch the son of men. He became the mediator. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24 says, But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because Jesus always lives to do what? To intercede. Okay, I'm going to do this. Do this with me. Out of reach, in between, Flowing through, connected. In between, intercession. In between, mediator. In between, bridge. In between, filling the gap. In between, connecting. Okay? Out of reach, in between, flowing through, connected. See, Jesus was in between because he had flesh and blood and he was born of the Spirit. Jesus was in between because he came between the old covenant and the new. Jesus was in between because he comes between Satan and us. He received in himself the punishment and the agony of death in the pit of hell so you won't have to. Jesus is in between because he makes intercession to God for us constantly out of reach in between flowing through connected you see the holy spirit is flowing through jesus i don't ever want you to to, to, to forget that you don't go to god directly you don't go to God the Father directly. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And nothing comes from the Father to you unless it comes through Jesus. He is in between. 
between. It is his permanent station. It is his title today. He is the mediator. He is the high priest in heaven. He stands between you and God, and he's not going to remove himself. He will always be the bridge for you and for me. He will always mind the gap. He will always be the connection. He will always be in between. John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus continues. He said, now listen, guys, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth. Now, now the world can't accept him. One, because they're not coming through Jesus. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. Listen, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Who's he talking about? Not God the Father. He's talking about God's Holy Spirit. The component who God is. He's saying that, now listen, the world can't receive him, but you know him because you've been watching. You've been watching him work through me. Remember he said, it's a father living in me. God's Holy Spirit was living in him, doing the work. And he said, now listen, listen, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go, I'm going to ask the father, and he's going to give me a spirit, the spirit, to be able to give it to you. Now you know what you're going to get because I'm here with you right now, and I'm going to be in you. It, the only other person that had this before Jesus was Adam and Eve. They had God's spirit in them. Elijah didn't have God's spirit in them. He had God's spirit upon him. Joshua didn't have God's spirit in him. He had God's spirit upon him. Samson didn't have God's spirit within him. He had God's spirit upon him. David didn't have God's spirit within him. David had God's spirit upon him. You see, Jesus knew that God was out of reach, so he came in between so the Holy Spirit could flow through so we could be connected. Just like Adam was connected. Verse 18, Jesus said, I will, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before, before long, the world, the world will not see me anymore because... I live, you will live also. And on that day, when you become alive in me, when you become alive in me, he says, on that day, you will know that you are in me and I am in you. You get it? In between, so he can flow through. So you could be the connection. He goes on in John chapter 15, verse 26. He says, when the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father. See, the Holy Spirit is issued from the Father through Jesus. He said, he will testify about me. And you also must testify. For you have been with me from the beginning. He goes on in John 16, 7. But very truly, I tell you, it is... It's good for you that I'm going away. He's sitting, talking to 12 men. And he's saying, it's good for you that I go away. Because unless I don't, if I don't go away, the advocate will not come. He says, he will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Everybody say, better for me. Do you know that it's better for you to have the Holy Spirit in you than to have Jesus walking 
physically by your side. Those are his words. He said, it's going, to, it's going to be better for you. It'll be better for you if I go, because then I can, I can receive the Holy Spirit and send him to you. And that's going to be better to have the Holy Spirit in you than it is to have me walking with you. Why? Because right now God is out of reach for you, and I'm in between. I'm letting you borrow my faith. I'm letting you borrow my relationship. You're watching what God inside a man can do. You're, you're seeing God. You're just borrowing that. You don't have that for yourself. But if I go away, you'll have it for yourself and God will live in you and you'll know that you're in him and you'll know that he is in you. Come on. Yeah. God is in you. That's the hope of glory. The mystery of the gospel is Christ in you, the, the hope of glory. John 16, 15. Jesus says, now all that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will receive from me and make it known to you. Don't ever forget Jesus is our high priest. He is our mediator. He's bridging the gap. Jesus is in between. And everything that we receive from revelation by the Holy Spirit comes from Jesus because Jesus has all that the Father has. And he freely gives it to you and to me. Now, now, you remember when I said that it's better for you that, that the Holy Spirit is in you than Jesus was walking side by side with you? Jesus told his disciples, he said, now listen, guys, you, you, you can ask me for anything and I'll do it. That's where we're at. His disciples aren't born again yet. They just believe in him. The Holy Spirit hasn't come from the Father to go inside of men yet. And he says, now listen, you, you haven't asked me for anything, but you can ask me and I will do it for you. That was a promise to his disciples. But he said it's going to be better for you when the Holy Spirit comes. The Espíritu Santo entrada usted is mujer, is much better. It's better for you. Here's why. John 16, 23. Because when you have the Holy Spirit in that day, you'll no longer ask me for anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father, not me, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Now ask and receive and your joy will be complete. You see, I worshiped a God I did not know. They were worshiping a God they, they weren't really close to. They just walked with him as an example. They talked with him, but he wasn't part of them. And he said, now when, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to be part of me. I will be in you and you will be in me. You'll be in the Father and I will be in you and we will be one. And when that happens, you can ask the Father directly. You don't have to go to a king. You don't have to go to a prophet. You don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to go to a preacher. You go right to the Father through me. And when you ask, he hears you if it's in his will, and he'll give you the thing that you ask for, and your joy will be complete. No longer will you have to go pay a priest. No longer will you have to go sacrifice. No longer, because I'll be the sacrifice and I paid the price. Now when you go to God directly, you're going through me because I'm the mediator and I paved the way. Come on. 
In that day, you'll no longer ask me for anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Come on, guys, do it with me. Out of reach, in between, flowing through, connected. Jesus said in John chapter 17, before, this is when he concludes, right before he goes to the garden, right before he's arrested. This is, this is right before the Passover meal. He says, he, says, he, lays, he gets on his knees and he's praying for his disciples. And in John chapter 17, verse 20, he prays for you. Jesus prayed for you. Put your, put your, Jesus prayed for me. Jesus prayed for me. This is what he prayed for you. He said, my prayer is not for my disciples alone. I put that in there for you. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Do you believe in Jesus because of the message of the gospel? Yes. This prayer is for you. His prayer is that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us. Why? Not just for them, but so the world will believe that you've sent me. See, when the world sees and they know God's out of reach and they see your life is different, they know there's something in the middle and that's Jesus is in between and the Holy Spirit is flowing through and the Holy Spirit is in you. Now you're praying and God's answering your prayers and they're seeing God. Not you as God, but God moving in your life. Jesus said it to his disciples. He said, well, if you can't believe what I say, at least believe because of the evidence of the works and the miracles. It's better that I go away so you can have the Holy Spirit in you, so you can go to the Father directly and you can produce the works and the miracles through prayer, faith, and intercession. Because I'm going away. And I'll I'll let you in on a secret. I'm going to be the head and you're going to be the body. So, you know, if you'll be in touch with me, then when when you pray what I'm wanting you to pray, miracles are going to happen. People will know you're different. I mean, they know you're different right now because I'm walking with you, but they're going to know you're different because I will be in you and you will be in us and you'll be one like, I were, like I'm one with the Father. And, and when the world sees that, now they're going to believe that I am who I say I am. God come in the flesh. Here's when it happened in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost... 40 days after the resurrection, Peter gets up because the Holy Spirit comes into the upper room and he fills everybody in the upper room. 120 believers get filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say filled. Yeah, you know, as, as it, I get filled with the Holy Spirit. And they go up on top of the roof and they start talking in languages they don't know. They're speaking in tongues. And all, all, of, all of Jerusalem is watching this thing. And they're, they're, they're amazed because they can hear these people talking in languages. And they know they don't know the languages, but they're hearing their own language. So the gospel is being preached in a miraculous way. Peter stands up and he says in verse 22, fellow Israelites, listen to this. 
Jesus was a man accredited to you by God through miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. You all know this. Now, this man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Verse 32. You see, God raised this Jesus to life. We're all witnesses of it. This is, this is, the, first, this is the first gospel presentation. Jesus, exalted to the right hand of God, listen, has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has now poured it out on what you now see and hear. Out of reach, out of reach, help me, in between, flowing through, connected. Jesus receives from the Father after his ascension. He receives the Holy Spirit. He pours it out, and he's still pouring it out today into his body. Hebrews chapter 7, 7 verse 23 says, Now that there have been many priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But see, Jesus lives forever. So he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always leads, lives to intercede for them. And as he's interceding, the Holy Spirit is flowing through so that we are connected, not just to Jesus, but to the very heart of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, all of this is from God who reconciled himself to, through Christ and gave us the same ministry of reconciliation. See, that God was reconciling himself to the world through Christ. How did he do that? By, by nailing our sins to the cross, not counting our sins against them. And he committed to you and to me this message of reconciliation. See, we therefore are, Jesus was God's ambassador. God was out of reach. Jesus was in between his ambassador so the Holy Spirit could eventually flow through us, flow through him to us so we could be connected. Now, we are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Psalms 22.1. Do you remember this statement? The, 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 the psalmist David said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my cries and my anguish? I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer. And by night I find no rest. That's what the world is crying out. And they're crying it out with anger, with protest, with lawsuits, with canceling people left and right. They're not mad at you. 
They're mad at God because they don't know how to get to him. They're mad at God because they think he's ignoring them. They're mad at God because they think he won't accept them. Their anger and frustration is because they don't know the way. They don't know the truth and they don't know the life. And we've been given this this message of reconciliation. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are the ones who, uh, they're out. God is out of reach for them. We're supposed to be in between. So the Holy Spirit could pass through us to them. So that they could get connected with God. Out of reach, in between, flowing through, connected. That's God's plan. Now, yes, this is true. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Hearing my cries of anguish. That was the world. On the cross, Jesus quoted this. Because when he became sin on the cross, he bore our sins in his body. God turned his back on him. And the earth became darkened about three o'clock in the afternoon because God turned his back on sin. And Jesus cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So you don't ever have to ever cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus lives forever to be the mediator of this better covenant. Jesus lives forever to be in between. Jesus lives forever to intercede for you and for me, to mind the gap, to to be the bridge for you and me. Because God was out of reach. Ephesians 2.11. Therefore, remember that you who formerly were Gentiles by birth or called uncircumcised, by those who call themselves circumcised, Remember that at a time you were separated from Christ. Do you remember that? You were excluded from citizenship, let's say, in the kingdom of God. And you were foreigners to the covenants and the promise. And you were without hope and without God in the world because he was out of reach. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So God, for you, is no longer out of reach because Jesus is in between, allowing the Holy Spirit to be poured out into us, flowing through so that we can be connected. And God said that connection was vital for people to believe that Jesus was the Christ, is the Christ, is the Messiah, is the living God. He said, because because God is out of reach. So we grab the hand of Jesus and we grab the hand of those who aren't saved and we are in between and we let our faith, we let our relationship, we, we let them borrow our relationship with God. We let them borrow our anointing. We let them borrow our favor. We let them borrow the Holy Spirit. Come on. It's meant for them anyway. They live in him. They move in him. They just can't sense him. But now you're in between, so let the Holy Spirit flow through you, through intercession, through mediation. Come on. You're praying for the sick. You're praying for those in the world that are in trouble. And you're letting them know that Jesus is the one that's answering the prayers. Because he's out of reach for them. And you are in between. And the Holy Spirit is flowing through. And they will get connected to God. 
Isaiah 55, verse 8 says, remember this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. But as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know what's a shame? Most of the church lives like that scripture is for them. Most of the church lives like we are in the old covenant. Most of the church would say something like this, well, you never know what God's going to do. Most of the church would say, well, we just leave it in the hands of God. Well, I don't know about you, but I know my God. And I know the nature of my God. And I know that he answers prayers. And I know that if I lack wisdom, he's going to give it to me. Why? Because he was out of reach and Jesus is in between and the Holy Spirit is flowing through. And I'm connected with God. His ways are not high, too high for me. I don't understand them all. But I certainly can know them. I can, I can ask and I can imagine the things that God has for me. But even, even in my finite ability to do that, it's not enough. So I have the Holy Spirit to reveal things to me. The Holy Spirit is not just power. The Holy Spirit is the very thoughts of God. It's the a, it's a being of God. God living in you. And God's Spirit will communicate with your spirit. Most of the church lives like we've got to go to church to hear from God. We've got, we've got to go to a priest or a prophet to, for, for, for God to hear me. God's spirit, listen, if you're born again, God's spirit is in you. His thoughts are not too high. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Are you ready? Verse 9. However, as it is written... What no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived. These are the things that God prepared for those who love him. You, you can't imagine it naturally. You can't envision it naturally. It's going to be spiritually discerned. This is important. You couldn't understand things of the Spirit before because you didn't have the Spirit of God. Now you have the Spirit of God. God's going God's to communicate to you. He's going to tell you the things that he has for you so that you can release those things in prayer for you and other people so they will be released in this natural realm. Uh, it says that, yeah, it's written, no, no eye has seen and no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived the things prepared for us. But hold on. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. See, God's spirit searches all things, even the deep things, even his deep things. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except for God's spirit. Are you getting it? His thoughts were out of reach. Jesus is in between. So the thoughts of God can flow through. So we can be connected to his will. Praise the Lord. It's not as difficult as you're making it look. What we've received is not the spirit of the world, but is the spirit who is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. 
This is the gospel now. This is what we speak. Not words taught by human wisdom, but, but words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Now, see, here's the deal. The person, the wor- person in the world, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from God's Spirit, but considers them foolish. Of course they do. And the person who, who doesn't have the Spirit of God cannot understand them because they're only understood through God's Spirit. The person with God's Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person isn't just stuck with their mind. We're not just merely making judgments out of our human side. Who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? That's what the Scripture says. And the Apostle Paul says, but... We have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Everything about God was out of reach. Jesus is in between. So everything about God and everything God has can flow through so we can be connected. And the purpose, yes, to have an abundant life, But Jesus is out of reach for the world. We've been given his ministry of reconciliation. But Jesus is out of reach, so so we're in between. So all of the goodness of God can flow through to us. And that'll create belief, and then they'll be connected with him as well. We say it this way. Love God, love people, lead them to Jesus, and teach them how to follow him. How? Let's do it together. Out of reach, in between, passing through, connected. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17 describes it. For whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Now, just a caveat for you. We read the word to get the mind to agree with what is already done in the spirit. As Jesus was suspended between heaven and earth on the cross, our prayers bridge the gap between heaven and earth. Jesus was in between the covenants. We bridge the gap between the new covenant and judgment day. Jesus came between us and Satan's, and through intercession, we protect others from the power of darkness. Jesus is between us and God. And through our sharing of our faith, the word of our testimony, laying hands on people, we bridge the gap between God and men. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Say Messiah. That means Christ. You know what, Christ, what, what, what the office of Christ is? To pour out the Spirit. Christ and Messiah means the anointed one who anoints. Because the anointing was out of reach. Jesus is in between so that the Holy Spirit and the anointing could pass through so we could be connected to the anointing. 
Jesus, the Christ, God has made him both Lord and Christ. When people heard this, they were cut to their heart. And they said, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of sin. That's where most churches leave it. That's sad. When he paid for our sin on the cross, he had the ability to forgive us and to wipe the slate clean, which gave God the legal right to make our spirits new. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise, not the forgiveness of sin, the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off and for all who will call on the name of the Lord. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. He paid for your sin so he could wipe the slate clean, forgive you, choose to remember it no longer so he had the legal right to give you a new spirit and to pour his spirit in you and jesus is pouring out his spirit into you right now right now eternal life isn't something we get when we die eternal life is what we get when we believe eternal life is how we live above the curse that's on this earth Eternal life is where the strength of God comes from, the power of God, the healing, the healing of God. God's spirit within you. One more time, guys. Out of reach, in between, flowing through, connected to God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. That you, yourself, became the bridge. That there's no distance between the church and you now. There's no difference between us. There's no, there's no distance between us and you. We're in you and you're in us. Lord, let us live that way so the world will believe. 